Hey, welcome everybody. This is Ty Digger, the Ty Digger Show. And tonight, we'll talk about what to watch on Netflix, a good movie that's coming on Netflix. Dave Chappelle comes out with a new stand-up. Beyonce, superhero. More Trump-ish. Um, and a special message to those of you that actually need it. All that and more on the Ty Digger Show. Welcome back, everybody. Today is June the 13th, 2020. And our first story tonight, people have talked about what to watch while they're looking for stuff on Netflix. People are running out of stuff to watch. Cable TV is is lacking. There's no sports right now. And I don't understand these people. There's tons of things to watch on Netflix. Like, oh, you're not looking? Are you, you got Hulu, you got Disney. You should have at least two streaming systems if you don't have cable. And even if you have cable, you shouldn't you should be able to find something to watch. Even if you can't find the stuff that you like to watch, this is the time to actually open your mind up to something new. This is the time to see something that you probably haven't watched before. For me, it's been a lot of foreign stuff. Anything then with foreign history, especially history. I love history. It gives me a better perspective of what's going on today and also helps me understand where we're trending to in the future. And not to mention, history is extremely exciting for people to watch. Um, I, it's better than any written show that you could possibly look at. And after reading a lot about American history, and, and I'll be honest, you'll never ever see enough about American history, I think I'm pretty well versed in most of the U.S. history. So I actually went out to go find some stuff that might not be from my country. For example, I'm watching a show on Netflix called 21 Safarash that talks about the Battle of the Serengeti between the Sikh soldiers of the British Indian Army and the Patson or Kazi uh, tribesmen. Um, it talks about the relationship between the two groups, what the Sikhs were fighting for, uh, bravery. If you want to know the ending, I'm not going to give that to you, but it's very, um, it's very, it's a very good, well, good show. Well written. Um, I give it 4.5 out of 5. Um, just all the shows I watch now, keep in mind it's 65 episodes, but the episodes are only 20 minutes. I think even if you're just playing around and watched a few every night, you can probably knock it out in two weeks. Um, so give that a watch. Also, Bolivia. It talks about George Washington, South America, Simon uh, Bolivia. I'm pretty sure my Hispanic people will be able to correct me on the pronunciation. But he basically was instrumental in freeing several Latin American nations away from Spanish rule. Um including Panama, Bolivia, which is named for him, Venezuela, uh, Colombia, and a couple others. So if you want to get a chance to look at that, it also gives you an insight of what built him up, what created him, the hardships that he had to go through, um, betrayal from the people that he loved. So those, those two are very good shows. They're also, I feel like those also did by people not from the United States, so we're not getting a U.S. 
version of it. Um, we're getting a version of it that shows humanity to both sides. For some reason, I feel like sometimes in the United States, we have this uh, fixation on good versus bad. And although you're starting to see a shift away from it, um, you still see that good guy, bad guy. Only recently, you're starting to see the hero has some flaws. And sometimes the guy who seems, quote, unquote, bad um, has some flaws themselves. So when we come back from the commercial break, we're going to talk about Beyonce possibly joining Marvel and also talk about a new film that's coming out on Netflix. Um, It should have actually been out. Hopefully some of you have watched it. All that and more when we come back from the commercial break. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Hey, right now we're going to talk a little bit about Marvel. And there's been a rumor going around on the Internet that Beyonce is to play Storm to Black Panther's um, T'Challa. Now, we all know Beyonce is a very polarizing figure. So a lot of people had, let's say this idea was met with mixed reviews. Um, I do believe the idea has been debunked. Um, She is not set to play or there hasn't been any talk of her to play Storm in any movie. But a lot of people had a lot of things to say about her on the Internet. Um, Most of it was said negative. They didn't believe that she's a good actress. Uh, They don't believe she has the right skin tone to play Storm. And I, I think about the second part a lot. And I think about how much colorism plays a part in believing if an actress or an actor should receive a role. And while I don't believe in colorism, I do believe that in today, in 2020, where we have actresses of many colors, uh, many shapes, many looks, uh, many hairstyles, that we can be closer to what the actual character is. Um, you, you no longer need to find a white guy to tan him up to make him a native Indian or Italian like they did back in the days. Um, it doesn't have to be like Kung Fu where your boy squinted his eyes to pretend to be quote-unquote Chinese. We don't need to do that anymore. Um, I like Jake Gyllenhaal. Love a lot of his movies, but Prince of Persia? No, we could have found a Persian actor or at least somebody close to it to be able to play that role. And I believe that we now have access to a lot of talented actors. Um, I go back to the skit, uh, well, excuse me, the uh, segment before the commercial break. Um, 21, Safarash, um, a lot of quality actors in it that were of Indian nationality. Um, crazy rich Asians, a lot of Asian actors and actresses who are great quality. We no longer have to skimp just to bring in the talented superstar. And while we're talking about superstars, here's my theory about um, superhero movies. I always believe that the villain should be the bigger star. 
I believe the villain should be the bigger star. And not so much as the better actor or actresses, but somebody who is extremely famous, like a Beyonce, excuse me, could play an amazing villain. Um, she can play an amazing villain or she can play a side character. It the star doesn't necessarily have to be the superhero. The known name doesn't doesn't have to be the superhero. Um just look back at some of the superheroes. Well, excuse me, the actors and actresses who played superheroes before. Um, Christopher Reeves was uh, basically unknown before he took the role of Superman. Um, um, When you look at Batman, the villain has always been the quote-unquote bigger star. Yeah, you had Michael Keaton, but I argue Jack Nicholson is a bigger star than Michael Keaton. Um, Danny DeVito reaches that level of stardom. Christopher Walken, uh, Susan Sarandon reaches that level of stardom that um, Michael Keaton, they either meet it or they exceed it. So, oh, excuse me, not Susan Sarandon. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer played Catwoman. Uh, I'm so sorry about that. Um, you got to understand that it doesn't need to be the big time person playing the superhero. I mean, I think the closest that you would get past Michael Keaton is possibly Robert Downey Jr. And he was kind of on his last leg when he did um, Iron Man. So, yes, he did have a big career before um, Avengers, but it was kind of teething off. Like it kind of brought him back. And you're seeing these superhero movies make stars of a lot of people uh, right now. So I think it's a good thing. Um, I think it's a good thing. You don't have to have the star as the as the superhero. You can find somebody, you can find an actor or actress that comes close to that superhero in the look. And their acting ability is going to, is going to take off. Okay. It's going to, it's going to win over. All right. They're going to be able to play the role correctly. So you can get kind of the best of both worlds and you can come closer to what you're looking for um, in an actor or a superhero. So speaking of superheroes, um, black stories, The Blood, The Blood 5, I believe, uh, Spike Lee film came out on Netflix today. I haven't had a chance to watch it because today has been a busy day, but I do want to make up. I, I do want to set aside time to be able to sit down and then view this movie, um, the story about five friends um, during the Vietnam War. They leave um, a, a prize, let's say that. They leave a prize, and they all agree to come back one day to get it. So they come back to get it, and basically, from what I got from the previews, they um, deal with some ghosts that they left in Vietnam. And I believe that the Vietnam story hasn't been told enough, especially through the eyes of the African-American soldier, um, through the eyes of somebody who did not actually have to go over there, but to continue to prove themselves in this country right here in the United States, they had to go, they had to go to war. They had to sign up for the military, even if it's just taking care of kids. Okay. Even if taking care of their families, they made that sacrifice to go fight for the country that, didn't exactly accept them. So 
I think we can watch more and more of that. Their presidents also um, gives us a look and what Vietnam vets come home to and the challenges that they face. So we'd love to see more of that. Um, I know I, I talked about this on Twitter. We'd love to see more black stories. Um, Bethune, the founding of Bethune-Cookman College, um, the founding of a lot of our HBCUs. Uh, you can make it a miniseries and you can talk about a certain set of HBCUs or each HBCUs. Um, I would love to see more stuff about the Buffalo Soldiers. I know we had a movie a few years about it, but there's so many stories that they went through that they had to deal with. And just African-American men and women being soldiers in this country, uh, some of the stuff that they face. Okay, so I think there's some interesting stuff um, to watch on Netflix. I'm definitely going to watch it. Again, I'm going to watch it tomorrow. And also, I'm going to watch the Dave Chappelle uh, special. Um, Heard a lot of good things about it. And I believe Dave Chappelle's really came with it because a time like this, it's a comedian's playground. Um, There's just so much stuff to talk about. There's so much stuff people are going through and, you know, people need to laugh. And, you know, the comedians and who else best to express pain is a comedian. Because they're going through the same stuff that we're going through. But they have the ability to tell us a story and to make us laugh at the same time. So it's not surprising me that Dave Chappelle came with it. And I guess he definitely said some things over the last couple of years that deserve the side eye, deserve people uh, ridicule about. And some of the things I think he probably would take back. Um, I think we all have things that we say that, we want to take it back because a lot of it's being human. Um, I think a lot of people fight off wanting to take stuff back because they're embarrassed. But you got to get past that embarrassment and be able to say, you know what? I might have been wrong here. Right? I was definitely wrong here. And just apologize. And after you apologize, you might get some more flat. But guess what? You can't tell those people how to feel. But everybody would know that you apologize and and eventually it goes away. It goes away a lot faster than if you double down on on the comment. So going to catch that. And also want to put a message out to my people. Yo, support more Black-owned stuff. Even if you can't support, retweet. Tell other people about it. You know, make sure people are aware. Uh, buy a shirt from a Black-owned business. So just make sure we support us, support our stories. And the more they see that we're supporting our stories, eventually they're going to have to let us in. All right. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to come back. We're going to get into the big part of this story. Trump being deliberate or is this just a Republican playbook? That and more when we come back from the break. Hey, welcome back. Right now, we're going to talk about some Trump stuff, and I don't want to hang into it too long, but basically some curious decisions um, by your president. Um, First and foremost, he wants to 
hold the Republican National Convention in um, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, Tulsa, for some of you that know, um, is close to the anniversary of the Tulsa race riots of the early 1920s. And I just find it significant or interesting that he will hold this this Republican uh, convention in a city that's known for being violent towards African-Americans, that has a history of violence towards African-Americans on Juneteenth, the day that Blacks, African-Americans receive officially, well, not officially, but everybody knew that the South was beaten and that African-Americans knew that they had the freedom um, all throughout the country. Um, I don't, I don't have no idea what goes through these people's heads because they swear up and down that they're not racist. And I just want to scream from the top of my lungs that we don't care. We kind of know that you're racist, but it's no fun if you're going to sit here and pretend that you're not racist. You feel me? You, you gotta, you gotta act like that we don't, that we know. You gotta pretend that we know. Like, I'm not, I'm, I'm tired of being shocked about it. Like, it's one of those things I'm surprised that I'm shocked, but I'm shocked that I'm surprised because I shouldn't be surprised about what these people do. Um, they don't care. It's definitely a warning shot. I think it's a warning shot to a lot of people who want social change, uh, who want justice within this country. And I have to tell you people, if we're going to be about change in this great land of ours, we got to go out and make sure that we are in, in this to win it. We're just not in it just for a few trinkets, a few things that they pass down to us. Yes, it's awesome that we got the Breonna Taylor law. But you know what? The officers who killed Breonna Taylor need to be arrested. They can't be allowed to walk the streets. And we have to demand that. If that means we have to flip everything over. And again, I'll be the first to tell you I'm not advocating violence. But if we got to get out, if we got to let ourselves be known, if we got to talk to the world, we got to do it, man. We just can't sit here around and wait for this society or the system that was never designed to protect us, to protect us. We got to go out and demand that. So her killers need to be arrested. We need to start open, reopening some of these cases of black people being around white folks ended up dead and nobody knows what happened. We got to, we got to talk about that. We got to dig into police uh, brutality. If these men are paid to protect us, then they have to protect us. And if they are not capable of protecting us, then I'm better off letting the community protect us. We're better off policing ourselves if we can't get protection from the people that our tax money goes to. I don't want to continue to pay into a system or pay uh, a tax to people who are going to drag me out of my car and shoot me or find a reason to brutalize me as I dare question why would they shoot an unarmed person. And, um, as we talked about it before, you heard a lot of people talk about it. It doesn't matter what George Floyd did. It doesn't matter what Breonna Taylor did. They, Breonna could have had a crack house going on in our house. 
the person that they were looking for could have been there. She didn't deserve to die. We got to get out of the respectability politics where if we say this person is nice or this person is doing what they're supposed to be doing, well, oh my God, why are they being killed? No, the police are not to judge, jury, and executioner. They don't have that type of training to judge. You got to go to law school to be able to judge, to be able to try a person in court. And the police, no, we cannot trust these people to be able to do that. A lot of these officers who are making these decisions are not educated on the laws of this country where they would be able to react in a pressure situation. De-escalation needs to be the first thing that the police do when they get to the scene. You got to be able to de-escalate the situation because they don't have the training. Once everything blows out of control, they're just like the criminal, acting off emotional, off emotion. Excuse me. Let me back up. Not criminal. Because that has to be proven in a court of law. We still have laws here. We got to be able to prove that this person did what they did. And we have those laws set in place for a reason. We have these laws set in place. So we're not running into these situations. Okay. So it doesn't matter what they did. It doesn't matter how great a person they were, how bad a person they were. Justice must prevail. You do not want to live in a world where people get to execute on the spot. People get to catch you, try you, and then kill you. That is a lynching. That is a lynching, and that's illegal in this country for a reason. Oh, Ron, Ron Paul is against the lynching bill? <laughs> he feel like it would be used unfairly? Like, who falsely accuses somebody of a lynching? <laughs> Again, the Republican Party are not even trying. And we're going to talk about more of the Republican Party after we get to this next story. Also, today, the Trump administration um, took away some protection from the health care of gays, of lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans, and people of the queer community. Um, this is significant because we're here on the anniversary of the Pulse nightclub shootings um, a few years ago, where a man goes into a gay club and starts and murders um, over 50 people inside that club. Um, excuse me, final numbers are 49 people. 49 people were killed, 53 wounded. Um, it's one of the deadliest incidents in the history of violence against LGBT people in the United States and the deadliest terrorist attack in the U.S. since the September 11 attacks of 2001. At the time, it was the deadliest mass shooting by a single gunman in U.S. history, being surpassed a year later by the Las Vegas shooting. Um, to take away the rights and the health care of, of giving employers the option of taking away health care of people who are um, queer or whatever binary, uh, whatever that you label yourself as, um, this speaks to a cold heartedness, man. These these men are vicious. Like, I don't have the words. There's no words in any language that I know of that can accurately describe the disgust that I have for these people. Like, 
these people were heartless. And now it's gotten to the point now I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear a counter argument. I don't want to hear, oh, well, maybe we should help. The, maybe we should be trying to understand them. Maybe we shouldn't try to throw um, anger at them. And maybe we should try to hear both sides of the story. Where I'm at right now, there's no both sides of the story. Either you're for the respect of people, and when I mean for the respect of people, I'm talking about people of color, um, African Americans, gay, lesbians. Um, just have some, just have a little bit of heart for people. All right, have compassion for your fellow people. And if you're not on that side, if you're agreeing with the Trump administration is doing, then there's no need to communicate with you no more. I refuse to communicate with you. You're on the bad side. You are the bad guy. There's no other side of the story to this. The other side of the story is you are the evil one. You feel me? You are the bad person. And and I think we need to stop going back and forth with these people because these people are not going to listen. These people are so tied up with loving Trump that Trump gives him the op- gives them an opportunity to be nasty to their fellow man is the fact you just got to understand that they're far gone. All right. Let that people slide. If that person's a loved one, let them slide. There's some loved ones I've gotten rid of over this police, police brutality thing. Um, loved ones that I know who have a thought that, okay, maybe he's not as bad. Nope. There's no such thing as not as bad. The guy is evil. The guy is ruthless. And I need them and white and poor whites and middle-class whites to understand that he's not on their side. Because as soon as he get rid of the what he deems as undesirables, he's coming for them next. Either he's going to come for them or he's going to make their lives worse. So there's nothing, there's no reward for being a company man. There's no reward for towing the line here. All right? And to any Republicans that might hear this, it might be this time for you to get up out that party. And when November comes, it's time for you to vote because Trump is going to cost you guys. He's already cost people in the in the Senate. A lot of senators are already worried that his policies is going to hurt them in the election. And you know what? Good for them. Anyway, speaking of other speaking of some better news, statues of races are coming down around the world Um, in Bristol, uh, Bristol, England. A slave owner who, a guy who owned slaves, his statue was tossed into the harbor. Um, statue of Christopher Columbus was brought down in a couple cities here in the Western Hemisphere. And, you know, I hear people all the time saying, well, he's a great person, shouldn't leave the statue alone. Listen, people in Christopher Columbus' time did not think he was a great person. A lot of people back then thought he was a terrorist, thought he was an evil person. So, again, Miss me with that. One, two, the man never set foot in North America. So why are there statues of him in North America all up and down the East Coast, all over the country? Why are we celebrating this man's holiday? This man did not discover North America. He died not knowing he was over here. Mind you, he died penniless with little fanfare because, again, the people who lived in his time thought he was a monster. Speaking of monsters, Confederate statues 
of uh, Confederate war heroes are being brought down. Good for them. Good. That stuff does not belong in the United States, on the United States. If you want to remember it, write a good movie. If you want to remember it, put it in a museum. I think some of that stuff is important to understand what the Confederates went through so we don't repeat that history again. But the fact they have monuments honoring these guys, honoring these men who took up arms against the United States, you notice how a lot of people in the Trump administration are not downplaying Confederates, but they somehow love the U.S. military. They somehow love the U.S. military, but they're cozying up with Nazis. What is about their ideologies? Both teams, both, both sides were losers. Were ultimately losers. Both sides were destroyed, crushed. What is it about them that you still want to hang on? Both sides were responsible for the deaths of a lot of innocent people, for the enslavement of a lot of innocent people. What about what about that makes you want to cozy up with that? I don't know. So, some statues are being brought down, some by the people, others by the government. One NASCAR guy is very upset about this. Ray Cicerelli. Who's a 50-year-old American professional stock car racer driver? He competes in the part-time in the NASCAR Gander RV and Outdoor Truck Series, which basically drives trucks. Drawing the number 49 Chevrolet Silverado for CMI Motorsports. Um, he competed in the ARCA Menard Series and the ARCA Menard Series East. Um, he said he was going to retire at the end of the year because of decisions by NASCAR banning the display of the Confederate flag. For the sporting events. Look, I don't know if these NASCAR people or these people that are tearing down these statues are seriously um, believing in the cause, but the fact that they're willing to tear it down, that's all I need. I just need people to recognize that this is bad. I need people to recognize that that flag was used to enslave people. And and I think, and I forgot the author's name. Goodness, I wish I could have kept it. But he discussed how, you know, that opportunity to say it was about their heritage and not hate, they had that opportunity to make it about heritage. Now, I'm still going to be like, nah, to the flag. But if they would have made it just simply about the heritage instead of using the flag as an active symbol of hate, you can possibly have that argument. When the Ku Klux Klan was riding around waving that flag, people had the opportunity to, to shut that down. White folks had that opportunity. When neo-Nazis are walking around with the Confederate flag, white folks had the opportunity to say, no, that's the flag of my heritage. You would not connect that to that, to that ideal. Granted, what we did wasn't much better, but no, Nazis doesn't get to get to walk around with it. No. Klansmen do not get to wave it as they terrorize human beings, most of them women and children. And a lot of these people wouldn't punish for this. So, no, you don't get to use that. And I don't understand the love affair with it. I don't understand the love affair with it. But I will warn my people that a lot of people, a lot of these northerners that you see rallying around the flag, 
A lot of them are from states that are probably as southern as North Carolina. Indiana might be as southern as North Carolina. Um, you drive outside the city of New York and, and Buffalo out of the main cities, and New York State is basically Virginia. Maryland is a southern state. Kentucky might have been a border state, but it's very much pro-slavery. There's a negative attitude towards African-Americans in Ohio, parts of Illinois. So Michigan, Flint, anybody? Thank you. So it's not surprising to see a lot of this stuff from the northern people rallying around it. All right. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, some final words to all my people out there in the struggle. Hey, welcome back, everybody. There's some final words before we go tonight. Hey, I'm talking to you. I know it's been hard. I know it's been difficult. These past six months have been a lifetime to you. Feels like a lifetime to me. Um, feels like two years ago that we were just starting 2020. And here we are six months in. And all that has happened in the last six months, all the stuff that we've been afraid of, all the stuff that you've been going through, taking care of family members, making sure people were social distancing, making sure your family were um, getting what they needed because shopping, it was impossible for older people to get to shopping stores. Okay? Making sure you got coverage for your children when you go off to work, why they have to stay home and um, be homeschooled, uh, making sure they're in a safe place, wondering about when the next meal is going to come or what happens if all this falls apart. Being anxious about this economy because I think we should be anxious about what's going on in the United States. This world could change on us in the next six months. What we're doing today could be out of date in the next couple of months. We, If you told me next year we're all going to be back farming, being farmers and just being craftsmen, I, I believe it. It's possible. It's so possible. Anything that you can think of right now, it's, it's a possibility. And the unknown scares us a lot. Um, a lot of people are, are working at jobs with dreams of doing other things. Um, I'm one of them. I want to do other things in my life. I want to create. But the uncertainty of the job market makes it difficult to want to walk away from the current job that you have. But I want to tell, I want to tell you this. Step off. Step off that ledge. Sometimes it's just simply is stepping off. Taking that first step and letting yourself fall. That's all it takes. You got to keep moving and understand this. You are enough. You are not a failure. There is nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with being worried. There's nothing wrong with being concerned about what's going to happen with your kids if something happened to you. There's nothing wrong with being afraid of what's going on in the world. But being afraid makes us stronger. It makes us tougher. It keeps us moving. When you're afraid, you don't leave yourself open. 
you know what's going to happen if you let yourself, if you drop your guard. And you also know to be able to face that fear because you know victory is on the other side of fear. So I just wanted to tell you and whoever is listening that you are important. You are worthy. You are loved. Okay? And I know it's selfish for when somebody, you know, dealing with your pain, somebody to say, well, I'm, I'm worried too. Listen, today I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say it's okay for you to feel how you're feeling. But I'm also going to tell you to get up. Eventually, we got to keep moving. You can't stay down forever. And you are strong. You're beautiful. You're smart. So if you can hear my voice, please do us do a favor, and especially do yourself a favor. Keep pushing. Take care of yourself, people. And I'll see you again on Tuesday. For the Ty Digger Show, signing off.